I'm Anna Webb. This is A Dog's Life. Well, Mr. Binks, you know I always say a house is not a home without a dog or indeed without a pet. <laughs> That's why we're jumping on Zoom to catch up again with Andrew Rossendale MP and talk to him about his proposed legislation, Jasmine's Law, and about a landmark event that's coming up this coming Friday. Andrew Rossendale, welcome to A Dog's Life. Thank you, Anna, it's great to be back. Oh, it really is, because a lot's happened since you were last on last October, after you'd just performed your, or presented, I should say, your amazing 10-minute rule bill in Parliament. Yes, absolutely. Well, Jasmine's law is becoming reality. Uh, we are getting so much support from members of Parliament from all sides, but lots of outside organisations, and the government have started to listen, thank goodness. Now, it's not law but we've nevertheless seen some changes come in. So really a lot of progress has been made. It's thanks to people like yourself that has done such a fantastic job in promoting the principle that everybody should be allowed to have an animal in their home without any restriction. And I hope that we can make further progress on this in the months ahead. Well, yes, let's hope so. Well, there's a big event upcoming, Andrew, on the 26th of February, which I'm delighted to be a speaker and have been invited to be involved. Explain what this is. Is this a second reading? The problem at the moment is that the House of Commons is not functioning in a normal way because of the uh, coronavirus. So we're restricted in what we do. So what should have been the second reading of my 10-minute rule bill in the end of February is now not happening because sitting days on Fridays have been suspended. So what we're doing instead is having a, a webinar where lots of organisations and people that are interested in dogs and animals and the issue of pets in homes are coming together to talk about the issue. I'm going to brief them on my bill. The bill, as you know, is entitled Dogs and Domestic Animals Accommodation and Protection Bill. So I'll update them on what's happening with it and the next, uh, the next stage of the process. And there'll be roundtable discussions with experts and people in the field, but also Jordan Adams will be joining us, who's the owner of Jasmine. So we're going to have a great get together and hopefully promote this whole idea across the country uh, far and wide. No, it's, it's really brilliant. And I've heard that it's been accepted, is that, is that the right phrase, by the Public Policy Exchange. Does that take it to a much bigger level, Andrew, in a parliamentary sense? Well, what it means is that it's gaining traction and uh, higher profile. And I cannot believe actually how many people are now in touch with me about this from all walks of life across the country. It's created, I could almost have a full-time member of staff just dealing with this one issue. There's so much... <laughs> But it's great. I mean, it just yeah. shows what, what support there is. So uh, although it, it's not law and there's still a long way to go before it becomes law, the, the government have moved on this uh, with the model tenancy agreement, which we can also discuss in a bit more detail. 
Well, yes, let's do that because I, I was emailed by a, a dog trainer friend this week saying, Anna, I'm excited about being involved with this big talk in Parliament, but hasn't it already become law? So I replied saying, no, no, that's the whole point. <laughs> it's not law yet, but we hope to make it law. The model tenancy agreement remains a set of guidelines. Indeed, yes. So this is purely guidelines, uh, but it's a major step forward. So the government now are saying effectively to uh, tenants and leaseholders that uh, it's not automatic in the recommended model lease that you don't have the right to have a dog that there's in many cases automatic uh, rules about not having pets it now means that an owner of an animal can at least open up a negotiation with the owners of the property so it, it does mean that the recommendation now is not for there to be a blanket ban, that if you have a dog or if you want to have a dog, I think what's going to do actually is going to mean a lot of, a lot of landlords, and I'm finding this already because of my bill, are changing their attitudes. A lot of people just assumed that it's best not to have pets, but now they're actually giving it serious thought. And I think a lot of people are relaxing or reviewing their current rules to allow more people to have a dog or another pet. So this is a major step in the right direction. Uh, I think that it's going to uh, give a huge boost to the campaign, but what it doesn't do is change the law. We're still not at the point where it's written down in law that uh, you have a right to, to keep your animal in your home if you move house uh, to a rented or a leasehold property. So this now needs to be addressed and enshrined in law so it becomes a permanent feature. I think it's great. I mean, not least, Andrew, you know, we've seen through the pandemic how animals, cats, but perhaps mostly dogs, have pulled us through. You know, I wouldn't have gotten through lockdown without the dogs because, of course, you have to walk them every day. And by doing that, I often bump in to my friends at a social distance, wave to them and just have a little bit of social interaction at a distance because of the dogs. And there's an interesting um, figure. I don't know if you know this one, Andrew, but just over a year ago, Mintel released a figure that was this, that the demographic of dog ownership is shifting. Because you know how in the olden days people would say, well, I'll get a dog when I retire, because of course, a lot of workplaces still are not dog friendly. But now what it is, 38% of under 37-year-olds, i.e. the workforce and in brackets, the key rental market are now dog owners. So there's been a massive shift towards a younger dog owner in, in recent times. And not only that, of course, because of the pandemic, the wake of this, a lot of us will be working from home, as you've just said. So really, Jasmine's Law to me represents a massive socioeconomic shift. <laughs> You're completely right, Anna, and I think this is what it really is about. It's not just about someone with a dog wanting to have a dog in their house. It's far deeper than that. Animals affect us human beings in a way that is so extensive, it's hard to quantify. Uh, the very fact that we interact with other human beings because they also have dogs. And when I had Spike and Buster, it was amazing how many people I used to meet and you make friends and you, you build up a social network of people because of your dog. And I think that dogs are essential to human beings. Animals are essential to human beings. We couldn't live without them. And I think that 
as the world is changing and attitudes to animals are changing, I think that we are increasingly seeing animals as equals to human beings and not as something just just we happen to own and it, they're, they're sort of uh, dispensable. Um, they're intrinsic to our lives and it's not about just loving the animal, it's caring about caring for the animal and the animal being deeply involved in all aspects of our life. And so if you can't live with someone who's a member of your family, um, then you would find that objectionable. And I think a dog um, and a pet, but especially dogs, I think, um, are part of the family. They are, they are like an equal member of the family. And I think that laws now need to reflect this. It should be a right, uh, except where there are special exceptions, of course, but generally there should be the presumption that someone has a right to have their dog living with them. Absolutely. But we've seen as well, though, the downside of lockdown where dogs are concerned that some people have taken them on, maybe not thinking dog ownership through thoroughly, meaning that dogs are now being resold online at extortionate prices, where in some cases dog theft has been perhaps, you know, promoted, which is an evil thing because it's an easy crime because of the penalty. There is no penalty, really. It's a maximum five-month sentence, really, if that, for stealing a dog. So there's a lot of negative going on at the same time, which I feel it's important to raise because in your bill, you are adamant about responsible dog ownership. But for me, this has been a term that's been talked about a lot since really 1991, when, of course, the Dangerous Dogs Act was brought in and what do we really mean by responsible dog ownership so I think you know potential renters need to be responsible that means committed right yes 100% so this isn't a one-way street Anna um, I'm very pro dogs and very pro owners and I think that every every family should have a pet if they want one and uh, I am very much on the side of the dogs these animals they they want to be part of families and they they deserve to be treated um, as part of a family. But that doesn't mean that on the other side of it, there doesn't need to be responsibility from the owners. So if you own a dog, it's a privilege. Um, it shouldn't be something that you should uh, take lightly. And with that privilege comes responsibilities and responsibility to the dog itself, to the animal, uh, to ensure that it is uh, cared for, looked after and uh, treated kindly. Uh, fed and walked and all the things you have to do when you own a dog that is a must there can't be there can't be owners who treat their animals in a way that is uh, detrimental to the creature but also you have to have a responsibility to those around you so where you live of course if you're living in an apartment where there are other flats and other people and especially if you don't own it if you're a renter or if you're a leaseholder and uh, you, you're not entirely in control of the the building then you do have responsibility to those people as well so my bill will include uh, things that will ensure that people understand that they have to be responsible owners and follow this through and there will be exceptions clearly there are some places where it clearly wouldn't be appropriate for an animal to be kept or there are health reasons or religious reasons or something where an exception should be permitted so it doesn't give a blanket right but I think in the vast majority of cases, it will encourage responsible dog ownership, but most importantly of all, people being able to stay with the animals that they love. 
Yes, I know. I agree. You know, it's it's fantastic, and it, it really is a, a big step forwards. And as I say, socio-economically, I like this phrase today, Andrew, because something else I thought about could. Jasmine's law encourage property developers to build new builds with pet owners in mind because this has been done in the, on the continent. Anna, you've hit on a really good point there, and I think this will uh, lead to a a change in the way developers look at using uh, the opportunities they have to build new homes and how animals can be facilitated within any property so when you know at the moment if you're building a new property there are certain certain things you have to do to ensure that it meets all the different criteria and ticks all the boxes why not include uh, an area in that which considers the needs of a potential pet um, in that property particularly a dog or a cat so i think that this is an extremely exciting uh, prospect. Um, if uh, developers, and we can see huge numbers of new properties going up, particularly around London, uh, why can't those factors be considered when new builds are taking place? And planning authorities maybe should also consider that. If there's a particular apartment or property which is suitable for an animal, there might be others that may not be as suitable. But at the end of the day, if we can incorporate this in our thinking about development, and I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah, I think there's many aspects where, you know, we can improve our lives. Yes, I know in Denmark, they've built a dog estate, really, where the only people that are allowed to live in this complex are dog owners. And it might actually exclude cat owners as a result. But yeah, I, I think it's a good idea, without a doubt. Now, in your bill, you did touch on microchipping, Andrew. We know it's legal. It became legal, didn't it, in 2016. That would play a part in your responsible approach to Jasmine's law? 100% yes, the microchipping is central to this. Uh, it's already the law that uh, dogs should be microchipped and this is something that I promoted when I was the Shadow Minister for Animal Welfare uh, just before David Cameron became Prime Minister and in fact I had a 10 minute rule bill on this very issue as well uh, soon after uh, the general election of 2010 and it was eventually adopted by the government and has become law. But it is essential that microchipping is part of this because it's like anything really. If you can't trace the owner to the animal, then it leads to all sorts of problems. It means that uh, the owner is not responsible for the animal. The animal can do get up to very very bad things. Um, it, you know, potentially uh, be used for bad purposes or, or bite somebody, and the owner is not responsible. If you can't actually prove that person owns the dog, but equally so for lost dogs and for dogs that are stolen. And during the lockdown, we've seen some horrible uh, cases of dogs being snatched. I'm deeply worried about this. There's, a, there's an epidemic of this across the country. So it's so important that every dog and cat uh, is microchipped so that they can be returned to their rightful owners if lost or stolen. What do you think about Debbie Matthews of Vets Get Scanning, who you mentioned in your 10-minute rule bill? At the moment, Debbie and other people involved with stolen and missing pets, SAMPA, the organisation, there's a petition in government at the moment to make a central database for all 
chipped animals because at the moment Andrew there's loads of databases and if there were one so a bit like the DVLA that would manage all our animals in one place and a stolen dog could flag up immediately on this database you know with a big red alert red alert when for example a vet would be scanning um, a dog and they'd see on this database that this is actually a stolen dog what they do then is difficult for a vet because I don't think they have any enforcement powers to kind of go, oi, mate, oi, Mr. Jones, uh, I don't think this is your dog, actually. <laughs> and they could get into a bit of a sticky situation at that point. Yes, um, I, I, I agree with you entirely. Um, I think that it's so vital um, that we have a one central way of finding out who owns a particular dog. I mean, there's loads, as you said, loads of databases there and they don't sort of link into each other. So we need some sort of reform on this. I don't want the, the government necessarily to step in and take the whole thing over. You know, the DVLA is a good example of, of how cars are registered and you have one central database. I'm not necessarily saying we should just um, make it a state-run thing, although it may have to be, but uh, we do have all these other uh, organizations like Petlog and others that run very good databases but i think we need to create a system whereby they all register with a central uk wide database so if you register with one it automatically goes into a central data and that's shared so we do need to make some reforms on this because at the moment it's very very difficult particularly with vets and i've worked with debbie matthews for many years with vets get scanning and her late dad sir bruce a wonderful work they've done over the years and I think that that work's going to waste if vets simply, it's too impractical for them to do it because there's so many databases for them to go through. So there does need to be one central point, uh, but it can be fed into via all these other databases. There's got to be a way of solving this. And it's an issue that I'm going to be taking up with the government in the hope we can find a solution. Oh, that's really good news, Andrew, because yes, you're right. It was all on the news this week that dog theft in the southeast is up 22%, which is a lot. Well, it, it's shocking. Um, so I, I hear all the time about dogs being stolen and snatched. I'm a good friend of Jenny McCruick, and she she lives in Primrose Hill, and she walks her dogs. I've been out walking with her with the dogs, and she sends me regular details of of dogs that she's heard of being snatched and stolen. It's frightening you know, when you live on your own, you've got dogs and you go out for a walk and you hear of dogs being just taken, you know, yes. dogs on, on the run and dog disappears. It's really, really frightening. And I, I think there should be very severe penalties uh, for people that steal a dog. Uh, it's, it's to many people, it's like a child being stolen. I mean, I just I cannot think of anything more horrific than a dog being stolen and never to see that animal again. And there should be much stricter penalties um, but there also needs to be law surrounding this so that dogs can be returned to their owners as quickly as possible. Yes, yeah, indeed. And maybe reform of the Theft Act, you know, 1968, when dogs perhaps weren't considered so much a part of the family. They're not even listed, actually, in the Theft Act, I don't think, being separate from other property. Yes, I, I agree with you. And it's time the law was updated uh, in this respect. And I think that uh, as the world has moved on, we, we no longer see animals as just property. I think we see animals as equal members of our families. And I think that 
the law needs to reflect that. Definitely, Andrew. But so Jasmine's law really is like this pivotal legislation that's going to move us forwards. And I'm very excited, very excited about the event on uh, February the 26th, which is next Friday, Andrew. What can people do to get involved? Who can join in? Is it everybody? Is it free? Tell us more. Okay, well, it's it's free. Yes, it's open to everybody that's interested. Um, It's an exciting event because we've got representatives from lots of different animal welfare organisations who are going to talk to us. Um, And I'm going to explain the bill. I'm going to explain what's going to happen next and what the government's doing. I'm also uh, going to, we're going to have, well, I think you're going to interview him. That's Jordan, who's the owner of Jasmine. I'm hoping, really hoping we can get Jasmine on as well, if we can. Oh, yes. Uh, So so let's hope we can get Jasmine there too, because she's She's got to be the star of the show. And I would hope that this will gain a lot of people who uh, just want to join in and listen and hear about what we're discussing. Because what I'm hoping the result of this will be that people listening in will then talk to their MPs. Because, yes, I'm only one MP out of 650. And uh, I need lots more MPs to row in on this and to also lobby the government and to back my bill Uh, Because the more MPs of all parties, doesn't matter what party you are, if you're an animal lover, if you believe that dogs dogs and pets should be allowed to stay with their families, then the MP should row behind my plan, support my bill. And so if constituents from around the country come into the webinar, they take part and then they email their MP, then that will help the campaign. So anyone wants to join is welcome. They can go on my website, which is andrewrosendale.com. Uh, just Google Rosendale and you'll see my website very easily. And there's a link on there to sign up and register for the event. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to being there in person and, of course, to interviewing Jordan and Jasmine. I'm I'm very honoured to be doing that, Andrew. And meanwhile, any more thoughts about bringing a dog into your own home, Andrew? Well, it's a lovely idea, Anna, and I, I have thought long and hard about it. So I've had... I've had three dogs actually over the years, but one was a dog when I was very young and sadly only died after six months. Uh, but when I was older, I got two Staffordshire Bull Terriers and they were both rescue dogs. They were both from families that uh, gave the dog to me. They weren't ill-treated in any way, but they were just not, they were not neglected, but they, the families didn't have time for them that the dog needed. So I've had two Staffordshire Bull Terriers, Spike and Buster, Um, In fact, it's been quite an emotional week, really, because um, I remember having Spike 30 years ago and I took him up to Hampstead Heath for a run um, on the beginning of February, 30 years ago, exactly, when the snow was on the ground in February uh, February 91. And it just reminded me of 30 years ago, exactly, the snow was on the ground in Hampstead Heath and, and, and Spike was there with me. And I actually went for a walk on exactly to the day when I took him up there and the snow was on the ground again. And, you know, dogs really, really get to you. They're in your hearts, they're in our emotions. And, you know, I just think it'd be lovely to have another dog, Anna. Uh, but my problem is that being an MP, I'm very rarely at home and I travel a lot. I'm here, there and everywhere. Uh, how could you really have a dog unless you have someone that can look after the dog when you're working? So it is a problem for me but you know I am tempted I must say and if I can find a way of getting another dog then I can promise you that I certainly will. Great well it'd be lovely to um, go for a walk with your dog and yourself on Hampstead Heath one day as well you can't beat the Heath although I would say the Hackney Marshes is a close second. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but um, when I get a dog, Anna, I promise you, um, I promise you that we'll walk together. But I, you know, one one good thing is a lot of friends with dogs. So sometimes I go with a, on a walk with friends that have a dog, and that's also very nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Well. Looking forward to reconvening um, next Friday, Andrew. And to everyone listening, the link to register for the 26th of February will be in the show notes. Thank you very much, Anna. It's been great talking to you and see you next Friday. That's our show, Mr. Binks. What did you think? Yes, I thought you'd be interested in the webinar. You're going to be attending, actually, and you never know. You might say a few words. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it too. And if you did, please rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, because we're on all the platforms. Thanks, of course, to Andrew Rossendale. And you can find out more about him and indeed about Jasmine's Law at Andrew Rossendale. The link to next Friday's event is in the show notes. So be sure to register. Thanks to Mike Hansen and Pod People Productions for all the music and production as ever. Follow them on at Pod People UK. And for more about me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs or visit my website, which is annaweb.co.uk, where you can book some training sessions or nutrition sessions and have a little browse around my shop. We'll be back in your feed next Sunday for another episode of A Dog's Life with me, Anna Webb. Bye for now.